So in Haggai chapter 1, verses 3 to 11, the word of God reads, reads as follows. Then the Lord sent his message through the prophet Haggai. Why are you living in luxury houses while my house lies in ruins? This is what the Lord of heaven's armies says. Listen. Look at what's happening to you. You have planted much, but harvest little. You eat, but are not satisfied. You drink, but are still thirsty. You put on clothes, but cannot keep warm. Your wages disappear as though you were putting them in a bucket filled with holes. There, this is what the Lord of Heaven's army says. Look at what's happening to you. Now go up to the hills, bring down timber, and rebuild the house. Then I will take pleasure in it and be honored, says the Lord. You hope for rich harvest, but they were poor. And when you brought your harvest home, I blew it away. Why? Because my house lies in ruins, says the Lord of heaven's armies. While all of you are busy building your own fine houses, it's because of you that the heavens withhold the dew and the earth produces no crops. I have called for a drought on the fields and hills, a drought to wither the grain and grapes and olive trees, and you will, and, and all other crops, a drought to starve you and your livestock and to ruin everything you have worked so hard to get. The word of the Lord. And I guess here in the south we'll probably reply like, my, my. Oh, boy. But you see, it, it ends with that call or, or that, that even call of dread and drought and, and destruction. But it doesn't begin that way. You see, the idea of rhythms, rhythms of life and spiritual life is something that is part of our lives. Every part of our life is full of rhythms we learned last week. Everything has a synchronicity from the morning, from the sun rhythm. Everything has a rhythm, including our hearts we talked about last year, to the point that there are five elements in our hearts that need to be beeping, need to be receiving the pulses simultaneously in synchronicity for it to work well. Five elements that need to pulsate steadily. And if any of one of those elements is out of synchronization, then we have what we're going to be talking about to them. Perhaps a beginning of a heart attack, an arrhythmia, and it goes out of sync. But there's got to be a better way to live our lives. See, we also learned last week that, that, so that our spiritual lives need to be in synchronicity, need to be in the groove, need to be in step with, need to be in the rhythm with God's way of life. That we have a way of life, that we develop a way of life individually and, and, and particularly, but it is not necessarily in sync and in step, in rhythm with God's ways of life. So I would like to today, I wish to compare what the arithmetic 
Somebody asked me, what does that word mean? I said, well, in my uneducated, scientific, it's kind of a heart attack. Where, am I close there in the ballpark, doctor? Okay. I was in the ballpark. Now that I could catch a ball. But today I would like to compare that kind of arithmetic, chaotic, out of sync life with God versus the life that is in groove, in sync, that is in rhythm with God's own rhythms of grace. But let's look closely at our text this morning and we'll see, well, who was Haggai? Haggai, you know, it's interesting that many of the minor prophets, the 12 prophets that are talked about after Daniel, then there's all these other little books in there. Uh, very, very little is known about these individuals, including Haggai. Very little is known. We don't know anything about his ancestry. We don't know much about uh, where he comes from. We don't know, nothing, uh, we don't know anything about his, his uh, 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 career, where he worked, like Amos, we know he was a farmer. We do know the time and period in which he was ministering and prophesying. This was very early when the, when the Israelites were coming back from, from Babylon. Very early in that process. That is why they are there building their homes. They are there reconstructing their lives that had been abandoned for 70 years. Some of them never saw the land before this time. And they are claiming their ancestors' land for themselves. So, so we don't know much about Haggai, and I wonder if that is a message in itself, that we don't know much about the messenger, but maybe the message is more important than the messenger. You see, Haggai is delivering a message to these people who, who remember God and God's temple, but are busy doing their own things. See, God is asking them. God is asking them in the prophecy to take a look at themselves, to stop, to reassess, to evaluate themselves where they're at. And I think at the beginning of the year, it's a good time to do that for us. To stop and, and take stock, take assessment, survey, where are we? Last week we called it, to whose music are you dancing to? To whose tune are you moving in life? So God is asking them to take a good look at themselves and to start shifting from selfish, self-centered. You see, because in the text it tells us that God was asking to, to stop, you know, oh, you're building your own homes? But my temple is in ruins. My house is left abandoned. God's building is not being built. And God is telling those Israelites who have just come in, who have their own needs and priorities to build up their own house, to reprioritize, reorganize their primary duties. And instead of for themselves, do it for God. Because if you do it for God, God will bless you. If you do things for God first, not adding God into your curriculum, but God saturated your schedule, then God will speak. God is with us. But if we go off, do ourselves, and then we check in and say, okay, God, I want you to bless this. You know, that's a different thing. It's falling in the groove, in the rhythm, in the rhythm of God's grace. And God tells them, that this is amazing. I, I, when I read this text, it reminded me some years ago. It says, you, you, you have planted much, but harvest little. How many of you have experienced that? Oh, I'm not talking about planting a banana. Uh, no, that doesn't grow here. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Un plátano doesn't grow here. Uh, 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 a peanut, yeah. 
and, and come up with a whole field. No, it doesn't happen. So sometimes a farmer plants a whole acre and only reaps very little. It happens. It happens. How about the, the others complain that, that the Lord tells them, you eat, but you're not satisfied. It's like you're eating, uh, not food perhaps, but you're consuming in the world. You go shopping, you watch TV, and you're just not satisfied with things in life. You're always making up stuff to get busy, be busy, be distracted. I wonder. You drink, but you're, not thirst, you're still thirsty. Or you're looking for whatever satisfies your soul is only the water that God gives. So you're testing this, you're testing that, you're looking for here but yet you're still thirsty. You put on clothes that, but cannot keep warm. I wonder if that refers to also the idea that we're building, we're building, and we're putting on pretentious things and, and, and masks, and, 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 you know, and we pretend, pretend, and pretend. And yet we know deep down that we're cold. And this is my favorite. I looked it up in a different version, and it's very funny. Your wages disappear as though they were... Put as though you were putting them in a bucket filled with hole. Another version says in a pillow sack with no, you know, with a hole at the bottom. It's like you collect your money and it's not enough. But why? Well, in these days, the issue here was that you are that you see the society was very temple centric. And if you were an Israelite, you were supposed to give your tithes. You were supposed to go to the temple. You were supposed to participate in temple life. And people were not. They were doing their own things. So with their own things, they were reaping what they were sowing. But you see, God tells them differently. There is a rhythm of God's grace. There is a way of doing things in life that takes you to success, that takes you to peace with God. That Oh, it doesn't change instantly like when we push a button these days. But you begin to have the patience. You begin to relearn how to live life God's way. And God tells these people, well, go, go up to the temple. Go up and do stuff and build wood and then build my house. But you see, I am finding something interesting because in the New Testament... Paul reminds us this, this amazing words. Paul says, we are, listen to this, for we, in 2 Corinthians, for we are the temple of the living God. Who's that we? Us. Oh, it was written to the Corinthians some thousands of years ago, but this word applies to us today, right? So we are the temple. It's amazing. He continues and says, but Christ, in Hebrews, but Christ as the Son is in charge of God's entire house, and we are God's house. We are not only God's temple, we are God's house. Look at yourself. How can that be? We are God's temple? We are God's house? And then Paul drills it even more in 1 Corinthians 3, 9, when he says, for we are bo both God's workers and you are God's field. Look at the metaphors. God's fields and you are God's buildings. So what is God saying this morning? I believe that as we build our lives around God, 
Oh, he's not coming to church. No, no. You are God's temple. You are God's house. You are God's building. As you build your spiritual life, as you build your spiritual life, then things will come around. You see, because we just go up to God. How do we build our spiritual life? It says it. Go up. Go up and meet God in the Word. Meet God in spiritual disciplines as you pray, as you meditate, as you listen to music that changes your perspective and your way of thinking and living. Go up. Have those spiritual, very intimate moments with God. Develop, learn to develop those. Because when you go up and you get those treasures, you come down, you bring them down. And those are the nuts, the nuggets of wisdom, the nuggets of spirituality that helps us build each one of our homes, our lives, and rebuild the house. It is our lives that's in ruins. It is God that wants our lives to be rebuilt, to be restored to God's perfect intention. Not our way, God's ways. And that's what happens. You see, we learn the rhythms of God. There's got to be a better way after all. When we learn the rhythms of God's grace, there is a better way. Look at the person next to you. Tell them, hey, there's a better way. Uh, if they're asleep, wake them up. There is a better way. He says, what? Is there fire? Get out of here. No. <laughs> you saw that, right? <laughs> She's very visual. There is a better way. Now look at that person again and tell them, it's God's way. It's God's way. It's God's way. Let us pray. Dear God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your ways. Teach us, teach us, teach us. Through Christ our Lord.